Good morning. Thank y'all for coming out and worshiping with us this morning. Please join in as we sing His Love Endures Forever. Forgive us where we fail you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
this morning. I like preaching after that, I'm telling you. He's worthy, isn't he? He is worthy, worthy, worthy. I thought about while she was singing that when old Philip 
met Jesus for the very first time. He ran into Nathaniel. And Jesus had made such an impact on Philip, he said, come see a man. Come see a man. And I'm glad the day that Jesus saved my soul, he made such an impact in me that I can't help but go tell somebody about what Jesus has done. He's worthy today. He's worthy to sing about. He's worthy to preach about. He's worthy to come to this place for and praise His holy name. He's worthy. Say, man, preacher, it was tough getting here. Well, friend, you need to be reminded of what Jesus has done for you. It's a privilege to be here today. Man, I'm glad to be here today. He is worthy of everything. Would you stand with me? His Word is worthy to stand for this morning. There's anything we're standing for in this old world, it's the Word of God this morning. Matthew chapter 10, we begin our reading in verse 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Dear Heavenly Father, I come. And I thank you for this wonderful service. I thank you for everything that's been said and done. But Lord, I ask for grace as we come to your word. Open our hearts. May they be pliable to your word, Lord. Lord, may we not change your word to fit us, but may we change us to fit your word, Lord. May we allow this word in your Holy Spirit to have full reign in our hearts and in our life today. Lord, I need your help. I need your touch, Lord. Lord, I pray that I allow your Holy Spirit to guide and lead in every word that is said today. Lord, I don't want to be seen. I don't need to be seen. But your Son, Jesus, needs to be seen from this message today. Lord, your Word tells us to just lift you up. And if we lift you up, you'll draw all men unto you. Lord, give me the power to lift you up. Give me free reign, Lord. Lord, I love you and I praise you and I pray that souls will be saved today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. We've been on a series of messages getting back to the basics. We began with simple salvation. And then last week we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit and how when we receive Jesus as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And we talked about that indwelling last week. But this morning I want to talk about making a confession or a profession of faith. Making a confession of faith. The very day that you met Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in. And there are two things that we take. And one is making a confession of faith and the other is baptism. And being baptized is part of making that confession of faith. But next Sunday we'll talk more about baptism. 
But I want to talk about making a confession of faith. And if we find in the Scripture here, Matthew 10, the context here is Jesus has made disciples and He is sending them out. And He said there in verse 1 that I give you power to go out. And I give you power to go be witnesses for Me. And this is what we kind of talked about last week when the Holy Spirit came to us and dwelled us and gave us what we need to become the men and women that God desires us to be. A lot of people say, well, when I get saved, I don't know what to do. I don't know the first step. May I tell you today that the very first step after you have been saved is to make a confession of faith. Now, a lot of people get saved and they say, man, I'll tell you, I've got it made. Now I can just slide right on into heaven. May I tell you that the very moment that you get saved, that's the greatest day in your life. And the Holy Spirit comes into your life and indwells you. Boy, what a great day, what a great feeling. But on that very day, we are given a responsibility. And we must understand that these disciples were given that day by Jesus the responsibility to go out and to tell people about Jesus. Once you get saved, you're not saved to sit on a pew. You're saved to tell people what Jesus has done for you. The very first step, the very first responsibility before you ever get baptized is to tell people that you have met Jesus and you have made Him your personal Savior. May I tell you today that we need to tell people about Jesus. You say, preacher, I've been saved and that's it. May I tell you the first step today is to tell the world that you've been saved. To shout it on top of the mountaintop that Jesus has changed your life. Let me tell you, if you're saved, don't get comfortable because you've been given a responsibility. And you have the responsibility to tell people that Jesus has changed your life. You say, why, preacher? Because He's worthy. He's worthy. He changed me. He saved me. He bought me, redeemed me. He's worthy to tell people what He's done for me. He's worthy to stand before a church. He's worthy to stand before a body of believers in this church today. He's worthy to follow in scriptural baptism. He's worthy of it. He's worthy. Do you believe He's worthy this morning? Isn't He the greatest thing ever that has ever taken place in your life? He's worthy. He's worthy to follow Him. He's worthy to tell people. Now, I want you to notice what He said here in verse 32. Because this responsibility that we are given here is a very important responsibility. Number one, I want us to notice confessing Jesus as Savior. Notice what He said verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess Me before men, him will I confess also before My Father which is in heaven. Jesus said it simple. You confess me, I will confess you. You confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. That we, once we meet Jesus, we are to tell people, we are to confess Jesus before men. That means our neighbors. That means our family must know that we have been saved. They must know around us. You say, preacher, I'm scared to death to tell anybody. Let me tell you something. This is not a suggestion, but it is a command. 
that you confess Jesus before man. Confess Him before your family. Confess Him before your church. I want you to know that it all begins with a personal confession. You see, a lot of people love to go out and they want to publicly profess Jesus. But friend, I'm afraid there's a lot of public professions that have been made without that personal profession that needs to be made. And before you can ever make it public, it must be private. You see, before you can ever go out and tell anybody that you know Jesus, you got to meet Him and make Him your own. And you have to confess Him privately. Look with me in Romans chapter 10. And kind of hold your spot there, Matthew. But look with me in Romans chapter 10. Y'all glad to be here this morning? Isn't it good to be saved? Boy, look at these beautiful verses. And we talked the other day about believing, but I want to talk a little more about our mouth, about talking. Notice what he said in verse 9, Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must believe in your heart, but the Bible said that you must confess with your mouth. Notice what he said in verse 10, for with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We must open our mouth and tell the Lord that we need to be saved. You may be here today and you've never been saved. I'm fixing to tell you how you get saved. You go to the Lord and you believe in Him with all of your heart. And we talked about that the last couple Sundays. But you confess with your mouth. You open your mouth to the Lord and you pray and you tell the Lord, Lord, I need you. You say, well, God knows my heart, but friend, He does know your heart. But He wants you to acknowledge that you need Him. And He wants you to acknowledge the name of Jesus. And He wants you to acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior of the world. But more than that, that He is your personal Savior. And He wants to hear it from your lips that you want Him to come in and save you. Friend, it's so much more than just repeating after a preacher. It's so much more than just walking an aisle. It is telling Jesus and telling God, God, I'm lost and I need to be saved. God, come in and save me. Friend, there's a lot of people that has made the public profession without having the personal relationship. Friend, you must tell Jesus first before you tell mankind. You must tell Jesus first that He's the Savior of the world. And you got to make Him your own before you can ever stand before this church and tell Him. Friend, I'm, I'm telling you, it's easy to make the profession without having the possession. But you need to have the possession of Jesus Christ. Can you go back to that time that you on your own with your lips... You open your mouth and you ask God to come in and save you. You come in and you ask the Lord to save you, to come in and save you and change you. 1 John 4.15 says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him and He in God. Isn't that beautiful? If you confess with your lips today that He's the Son of God and you make Him your own, God will come and dwell in you today. God will come and change you today. Friend, it must be, first off, a public, or excuse me, a private confession. And then what has been made private, it then must be made public. Okay? It must be made public. I want you to go back to our text. And I want to read this verse again. He said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Now you have confessed him privately. Now you must confess him publicly. 
This is a biblical command. And I know we look at churches and we say, well, those churches just want us to walk the aisle and that's just an old tradition. Friend, it's a good tradition. Okay, because what this does is it gives you the opportunity for what you have done privately. It gives you the opportunity to make it public now. And what I love about walking the aisle and making this profession of faith is you get to come down and you get to tell everybody that Jesus has saved your soul. Somebody told me one time, preacher, that walking out, that's just that's old tradition. That's just old tradition. No, it's not tradition. It's Bible. Jesus said, you confess me before men, and I'll confess you before the Father. Do you want Jesus to confess you before the Father? If you don't, something's wrong with you. (laughs) You want Him to confess you. You know what? He wants you to confess Him today. And we must make it public. I'm scared to death to walk the aisle. I'm scared to death what people are going to say. I don't want to do this. I don't. And I've heard this many times. What I have with God is my business and God's business, and that's it. Friend, that is wrong. What you have with God should be everybody's business. What you have done privately needs to be made public today. If you have been saved 20 years and you've never told anybody, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? An old lady used to tell me, Preacher, what are you waiting on? An engraved invitation? Friend, you need to shout it on the mountaintop that Jesus has saved your soul. It is a command that if you are saved, you are to confess Him. And one man told me one time, said, Preacher, man, it makes me nervous to walk the I know it's nerve-wracking. I know it's nerve-wracking. But you look at 300 people in here. These are your cheerleaders. They are your encouragers. If you can't stand up for Jesus in front of them, you'll never stand up for Jesus out there. And this is where it all starts. As you walked out and pre- a man told me one time, said, Preacher, can you just call on me where I'm at? I said, no. you got to walk down. you got to make a stand for Jesus. If you can't stand for Him in here, you'll never stand for Him out the doors. And friend, that's where it counts today. But it starts right here. you got to make it public. Well, it ain't nobody's business. Friend, it is everybody's business. He's worthy to make it everybody's business. He's worthy to tell everybody that Jesus has came in and saved me. Friend, we must confess Jesus before all men. Man, we have to make it public. So how do we make it public? We have the opportunity here in a minute during the invitation to walk the aisle and make our private relationship with Jesus a public relationship. You ever, you ever go to the, uh, the Walmart or you go to the grocery store and you go to the checkout there and there's all those good magazines you love to read and you love to see it's trash is what I think it is. But you go up there and, and Brad and Jen are divorcing and this and that one is coming out of the closet and this. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. But it's always the battle is who's, who is the first one to reveal it? Who's the first one to get the story out? Because we want to confess, we want to tell all people, and we want to be the first to tell. But for some reason, Christians don't want to tell about Jesus. We want to tell about all the junk and garbage in the world, but we don't want to tell people what the Son of God has done for us. We are confused here. He said, you confess me before men, and I'll confess you before the Father. Child of God, open your mouth. 
and confess Him before man. And once we've done it before the church and we made that public profession, go out the doors and tell everybody what Jesus has done for you. Uh, several months ago, I went to my dad's church one, one Wednesday night. And he told me before church, he, he told me about an older man that had got saved that day, 70-something years old. And so I didn't know who he was. We got to Bible study that night. And the man come in. He was on oxygen, I think 73, 74 years old. And he was going to walk the aisle the next Sunday and make a public confession of faith and then be baptized. And he walked in the door and he sat down. They, he didn't have to tell me who got saved. I could see it all over him. And they got to the, the prayer request and he threw his hand up. He said, Preacher, I can't wait till Sunday. I got to tell everybody right now that Jesus saved my soul today. Man, you got to make it public. You got to tell people. You got to tell people. Confessing. Confess Him and He'll confess you. He'll confess you. Notice this next verse. Notice denying Jesus. I say, friend, this is something that's serious. Notice what He said here in verse 33. But whosoever shall deny Me before men, him will I also deny before My Father which is in heaven. May I tell you that denying Jesus as your Savior is a serious problem. And if you deny Him personally, there's a problem. If you make Him your Savior and you refuse to confess Him publicly, that means you deny Him publicly, friend, you're going to have an issue. And He said, you deny Me before men, I'm going to deny you before the Father. And I'm telling you, there's not one person in this room that wants the words to come out of the mouth of Jesus, depart from Me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. You do not want to hear those words. I want to hear the words, come on in, well done, a good and faithful servant. I, nobody wants to hear, you're not allowed in. But Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. That word deny means to disown. That means Jesus one day will disown you before God the Father. Brother Chuck, I don't want that happening to me. <laughs> I want him to say, God, he's yours. <laughs> he has confessed me. He has confessed you before man. Now, I know a lot of times we look at these Scriptures and we kind of get our feathers ruffled. Well, preacher, does this mean we'll lose our salvation? Does this mean this? Does this mean this? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to put it like this. If you're truly saved today, the Holy Spirit resides within your body. And there will be a burning conviction and a desire within your heart and soul to tell people about Jesus. There will be something burning inside of you like that old man that walked in church and said, I can't wait till Sunday. i got to tell everybody right now. Friend, there will be something within you. I believe in the security of the believer. And I believe that when God saves a man, He keeps a man. Not based on man, but based on God. God can keep what He gave me. Amen. But I'm going to tell you I have a responsibility. And I believe when that Holy Spirit indwells me, it will give me that burden to go make my relationship public. And if you go out and you deny and you refuse to do that, Jesus said, I'll deny you before the Father. You say, preacher, explain that. I don't have to. The Bible's the Bible. Amen. It is what it is. And if you're truly saved, you need to confess Him. Don't worry about the what ifs and the hands and the buts. Just do what God commands you to do today. You won't have anything to worry about. 
But I want you to think about that word deny. The same word deny is the same word that is used to describe the denial of the Apostle Peter. You remember uh, the Lord told Peter, he said, you're going to deny me three times. Now this is the same apostle, the same disciple that cut the servant's ear off that was coming to arrest Jesus. Man, this was the, the same apostle that he is the only one that day when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And then he says, who do you say that I am? He's the only one that stepped up. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He made a confession of faith that day. He was saved. He made it public. But then later on, as he started living life, Jesus said, the devil's going to sift you. He said, you're going to deny me. No, I wouldn't deny you. I love you. Jesus was arrested right there by that fire three times. He denied knowing the Lord. And friend, let's not point our fingers at Peter because we've all done it. We've all denied the Lord just like Peter. Well, can you be forgiven of that? Absolutely. The Bible said that he went out and he wept bitterly because he denied the Lord. Have you ever denied him in your life before your friends and your family? And you left and you felt horrible about it? That's called the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? And that Holy Spirit has made us miserable. I can't believe I did. That's what the Spirit did to Peter that day. He made him miserable. He went out and he wept bitterly. So can God forgive us denying him? Absolutely. He will forgive you. He forgave Peter. And you know what else he did? He used Peter again. He said, Peter, get up and go feed my sheep. Get up and go. He denied him. Man, he blew it. God said, I'm not done with you. He went out and preached one of the greatest sermons that have ever been preached. 3,000 souls got saved. Brother Trey, how would you like to preach a sermon like that? Have 3,000 get saved. The next day, 5,000 got saved. Friend, God can use you today. But all He wants you to do is to, for you to open your mouth and tell people what He's done for you. Preacher, I'm scared to death. At verse 28, I believe in our text, He said, Don't fear man. Don't fear what men can do unto you. Friend, you stand up for Jesus. You open your mouth and He's going to bless you for it. He's going to protect you for it. He's going to be by your side, and He will guide you through. I think about in Africa, and I remember Brother Joel Cobb sending a letter one time, and he witnessed these two or three African men that was on the bus. And it happened. These, these rebels come up and got them off the bus and lined them up, and they had Bibles in their hands. And you all know the story. Deny Him. Deny Him or be killed. You confess Him. And I'll tell you, Brother Joel Cobb was hiding. They were uh, in a Jeep that they pulled over, and they were witnessing this. And I believe there was three missionaries. They were part of our work. And these three missionaries stood up to those rebels and said, Jesus is the Savior of the world. And they were shot and killed for it. You say, that's awful. No. Because when they died, their soul went to be with the Lord. And Jesus confessed them before the Father. we got to tell them, people. We've got to tell them we've got to go in the highways and the hedges and we've got to compel them to come in the Lord's house. And we've got to tell them about Jesus. You know how the church is built, not by the pastor, but by you. By every single one of us going out and telling our neighbors, telling our friends, telling our co-workers who Jesus is. Well, that preacher needs to get to work. Friend, we all need to get to work. 
We all need to... I've, hey, I've got the responsibility, but so do you. And we have to open our mouth. And we got to tell people, child of God, open your mouth and tell them about Jesus. Isn't it amazing, even though we're saved, that's one of the hardest things to do, is to open our mouth about Jesus. But this is what I've learned, that when you start, you'll get more comfortable. And you just keep on doing it, and you keep on doing it. And God's going to give you the strength that you stand in need of, and He's going to bless you for it. Let me tell you something. If you've never walked this aisle and made it public, you need to do that right now. This is serious. He said, I will deny you. Don't be denied. So don't deny Him. Walk the aisle this morning and make your relationship with Jesus a public relationship. Take what has been done personally and make it public. Do it today. Hey, look around. Look around. These people aren't going to laugh at you. These people aren't going to ridicule you. I've heard it many... Boy, people are going to make fun... Ain't nobody going to make fun of you. That's the devil. That's the de- That's a lie straight from the devil today. Nobody's going to make fun of you. If you encourage that, say amen. You're encouraged to make a stand for the Lord in this place. And once you do it in here, then you'll realize that you have the boldness to do it out there. Make that stand today. Don't deny the Lord. If you've never made it personal... What are you waiting on? Stop where you are and just say, Lord, I need you to save me. Lord, please forgive me, redeem me. Lord, just, Lord, I put it all behind. Come in and save my soul. Would you make it personal today? Confess him. Confess him. Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. We're going to prepare for a hymn of invitation. And while we sing today, you're going to have this opportunity to make what you have privately, to make it public today. And how many times we sat behind that pew, grabbing that pew, thinking, I can't do this. I can't do this. Friend, if it's of God, God will help you do this. He said, don't fear, man. Don't fear them crowds. He said, you follow me. You follow Him today. If you need to join this church, won't we do that?